0: Welcome to the Self-Love
1: Breakfast Club, where we have honest conversations about health, wellness, and of course, self-love with amazing women who aren't afraid to give it to us straight. Real life, real advice, and no BS. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and today I'm serving self-love for breakfast. Hey guys, welcome back to the self-love breakfast club podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Rose. I'm so happy you're here today. We have a really amazing guest. I'm so excited to get talking to her. She is a top 50 podcast host leading the way for women to step into their sexuality unapologetically. As a former TV host, she knows what it's like to be the good girl and follow the rules, and she's helping others break out of this toxic cycle. Kelly Tenen, welcome to the Self Love Breakfast Club. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. You are so welcome. (laughs) So (laughs) we will get right on into it. We have this initiation that we call GGB, Goals, Gratitude, and Badassery. So currently right now, what are your goals or what is your biggest goal?
0: Yeah. I'm in this really interesting kind of uh, gray area right now. Um, perfect. So <laughs> goals. Let's see. I think goals is just for me getting more clarity around, uh, work-wise what I want to be pursuing. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the goal right now. <laughs> okay, that's, a, that's a great goal. <laughs>
1: I feel like I have been there so many times. I feel like I'm constantly there needing clarity. (laughs) Awesome. And then gratitude, what are you grateful for?
0: I'm really grateful. Um, One of my girlfriends came up to my house today and she actually is in the middle of a divorce and just going Mm -hmm. through a really hard time. And as we are sitting and talking this morning, I was just super grateful to be surrounded by people Um, Who are so transparent and so open and growth minded and even in really difficult times wanting to show up even more in their own lives and just being able to witness that I think was just a really it was a really special time to connect and and see her you know I think oftentimes we're just showing up as our most glamorous amazing self Mm -hmm. when someone's going through something hard like that it's just it's a really beautiful time to reflect and to really remember our priorities and what it means to have friends, and show up for your friends. Yeah, absolutely. And badassery.
1: So something you've done recently that you think is pretty badass or something that you're proud
0: of? Yeah, so I run a production company. We produce about 40 podcasts. and yeah, we just found out that um, most of our podcasts are in the top 20% of all podcasts. So wow, that was a really cool feat. Um, something we haven't even shared with our hosts yet. We're, we're having our mastermind on Monday. I'm really excited to tell all of them. Um, but yeah, it felt really good to have started this year and a half ago and support so many people who not just, you know, metrics of success are doing well, but are, are, changing people's lives and really showing up and doing the work and, and using their platforms for good. And it's exciting to be able to support them and all of that. That's amazing. I think that's
1: such a true, like such a true leader when you are like, you know, you're doing your own thing, but you're turning around and like reaching back and being like, all right, come on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the point, right? Like we have to help each other. I just, I've always been in a competitive space as an athlete and then working in television, and it was always, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. for themselves. And I just, I don't think we have to live like that. I really do feel like we can embrace one another and help each other because there, I really believe there is enough room for all of us in any space. And it doesn't need to be a competition, it can be all of us cheering each other on while helping each other along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. That community over competition. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So talk to me about like, how did you go from this like self-proclaimed good girl to, you know, helping women step into their, un- like unapologetically, like step into their sexuality? Like, what was that about? Was there a journey for you or how did that go? Oh yes, of course. Um, <laughs> it always is. It always yeah, is. Yeah, right?
0: Um, yeah. I just. My whole life I was just fucking good. I just followed the rules. I did what everyone told me. I wanted everyone to be proud of me. I wanted my parents to be happy with every decision I made. And I wanted my teachers to be proud and my coaches and just on down the line, every stage of my life, that's all I cared about was having that validation and stamp of approval. And I was really good at following the rules. I was also really good at everything I did. I was top five volleyball player in the country. I was a straight A student. I had scholarship offers everywhere. I was on ESPN at 21. Like I, When you think about checking the boxes, I just kept checking them. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I got this. And then one day I woke up and I looked at myself and I did not recognize myself. I remember the day I looked in the mirror and I was like, who is this person? I don't even know how I got here. And the good girl for me, everyone's experience can be different. But for me, it was people pleasing. And so I was just living for everyone else. I never asked myself, what do I want? what feels good to me? Mm. And so I had just lived this life for everyone else. And so when I looked in the mirror, of course I didn't recognize myself because it wasn't me. It was the version that everyone else wanted from me. Right. And I was just like, I can't live like this anymore. And you know, that happened when I was working in television as well. And so very, very masculine energy, very toxic, very, you you need to dress sexier and wear this skirt. And this is how you talk to the guys and you have to put up with them assaulting you. And all these different things. And I thought, I just, I can't live like this anymore. Um, so I left my career, my, you know, 12, 15 year career that I had worked so hard for. I left that behind and I started my podcast. And then a couple years later, started the production company. And this whole time it was asking myself better questions about what is it that I want? Like, what makes me feel good? What do I want to talk about? How do I want to show up in the world? How do I want to, I want to communicate in a relationship? And I think that at the same time was bringing forward the sexuality conversation because I had always believed that we are a vessel for men's pleasure. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Right. (laughs) Come inside of me. You're welcome. (laughs) I never thought to say like, yeah, this is what I want or, oh, I can have an orgasm and like ask for it or take control or any of that. Just never knew those things. I wasn't taught that. And so it was like the more I asked for more in every aspect of my life, the more I felt comfortable doing it in that. And I just started sharing my desires and speaking up for myself. And I remember one time my then boyfriend, now fiance, I was riding him. We were having sex. I'm on top of him. And he said something like, I want you to own your orgasm. And I was like, "Hmm, I don't know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he like grabbed my hand and put it on my clit. And I started to touch myself and I was like, Oh, you're allowed to do this. (laughs) I didn't know that. Right. And So it was just things like that, where I started to notice where I was never doing things for myself. I was always just doing them for other people and super performative in my whole life. And So I think that's where this whole idea of getting rid of the good girl came from me is I started to find myself for the first time. I started to feel like myself. I started to look in the mirror and recognize myself. And it was all because I got rid of these rules and lies that I had lived by for so long. And I started to create my own. How do I want to live my life? How do I want to feel? What is happiness? What is success? What is pleasure? And that's what I'm going to follow. I'm not going to keep doing what everyone else tells me to do anymore.
1: Was this just like a, you had this like, profound moment and then you just like skirt and then like pulled a u-turn or did you did it take some time um, to kind of
0: yeah I think it was about a year um I started I didn't recognize myself I started having different types of conversations I started noticing where my my former relationship just wasn't fulfilling mm. And I just kept asking questions. And then I got to a point where I was like, I know that I can't sustain this life. I can't live like this. And so that's when I took a really sharp left turn and was like, quit my job, left my relationship, you know, got super into spirituality, personal development. Did yeah. I have lost it for the first time? And it was, you know, I'm sh- most people, because they didn't know I was dealing with this behind the scenes, probably thought I was like psychotic and like <laughs> sharp yeah, left yeah. turn overnight. For me, it had been boiling
1: for a while. Yeah. So were you like afraid to go like when you right before that sharp left turn, were you like afraid or were you just kind of like so over it at that point that you just were like, it's got to be better than this?
0: Yeah, my body had shut down. So I had chronic illness for about 14 Mm -hmm. years and this was kind of the tail end of it. My body shut down for the final time and I was I wasn't working. I was on leave from work for I think five months and I was sleeping about 16 hours a day for three of those months i didn't do anything i didn't really leave my apartment i had no energy and i just realized that a lot of the red flags and signs my body had been giving me for so long i had been ignoring and this was like that final slap in the face like yo you can't do this anymore this is not healthy and i finally listened to it Mm -hmm. um and so i think it was it was that time of way time away that time to really reflect and watch the way my body was shutting down i just knew this can't go on because I'm physically now super affected and I'm aware of what's happening in my body. And this just, it it just doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. It's amazing how like what we're going through emotionally, mentally, and all of that can manifest in our body as illness. Mm -hmm. I don't think enough people give, give that credit.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I think it even, you don't have to have chronic illness pop up to understand this. I like to tell people if someone has a headache, if they have a stomach ache, if they're feeling anxiety, if they're not sleeping well, what I do is I ask my body what I am missing. Mm. What is it that I need to see? What are you trying to tell me? Our bodies talk to us if we listen. And if you ask questions, I mean, our bodies are this intelligence unit that knows so much and it carries all of our trauma. It carries all the joy and everything in between. And if we just take a second to get quiet and ask our bodies, what do you need? What are you feeling? Why are you feeling this way? The answers will come. It just takes that level of discernment and quiet and the willingness to go there. Yes, absolutely. See so you guys listening. I'm not crazy. I've been saying this to you for how long? <laughs> Isn't it nice when you have guests on your own show that validate you? You're like, see?
1: <laughs> I'm like, I always talk about, you know, our body is communicating with us. Like anxiety yeah. is not just like, you don't just feel anxiety for no reason. There's, it's a signal. There's something going on that, that needs to be addressed. Not just like, oh, I'm feeling anxious. I need to get rid of it. <laughs> what, what should I do? Should I run or, you know, like go work out or something and just get rid of it. And it's like, no, there's something to address there. Your body will talk to you, but you, like you said, you got to get quiet. You got to listen and it'll tell you what it needs. We just spend all this time up in our head. That we, we get ourselves stuck. <laughs>
0: I mean, think about it when you were a little kid, what did you do? You're like, what do I want to do today? I want to go ride my bike. I'm going to go ride my bike because that's fun. And that's what (laughs) we want to do. And then at some point as we get older, we forget that we don't say, what do I want to do today? This sounds good. We just do things because we think we're supposed to, or because we're trying to climb this ladder of success or, you know, trying to navigate a relationship, whatever it is. But if we go back to the way we were as kids and get really in tune with that version of ourselves, and we start asking, what do I want to do today? What would feel good? What do I want to eat? Not, okay, well, I have to eat this because X, Y, Z. Your life will dramatically change. Preach on it. Yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of women, especially, you know, they're, um, so afraid to make changes, you know, like get out of that, that comfort or, you know, they've built their life on this like house of cards. And then if they stop to ask themselves what they need or want, or they start to focus on themselves, like that house of cards is just going to come tumbling down. And that how are they ever going to get it back back up, right? And it's like it doesn't have to be that way. You can shift your priorities and focus on you. And the more you feel this, the you know internally, the more you capacity you have externally. but I think it's really scary for a lot of us to to trust that.
0: I agree. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. So we're not a good girl anymore. <laughs> No, I love it because you know I was I was very much so the opposite, like where I was, oh my god, I was the horriblest person <laughs> at one point, like just not not good when it came to sex, sex and and men and dating and cheating and just like being horrible. Um, and I had to like you know swing that that pendulum in the other direction, like pretty hard because just as like a people pleaser goes out there and. And you know lives for other people i was living for the validation that i got you know from from men or from my sexuality or being sexy and it was exhausting and it's always exhausting
0: when you're trying to like fill that hole like with external things yeah yeah i think it's that's one of the things i noticed was i felt like i was living a double life and i felt exhausted mm. i was this version when i would show up at work and then i was this version when i was at home and that's what made me so tired and i felt so disingenuine and inauthentic and i'm like this is not who i am and yeah. i had to i had to ask myself questions around like but then who are you when you're putting on a show and you're on tv and you're doing the thing is that who you are, or is it this version of you that's at home suffering and is tired? Like, where are you? Where do you yeah. fit? Like, what version of you is this? And I had to let go of a lot of the noise and the chaos and the external validation. And, you know, when you're not on TV with the Lakers or the Dodgers, and there aren't thousands of people in your DMs telling you how hot you are, how amazing you are then who are you? Yeah. And I went through the same thing when I stopped playing volleyball. I was one of the top players in the country, cover of volleyball magazine, played at USC, and then that was gone overnight. And then it's who are you? Because that's, our identities are wrapped in these versions of ourselves. And we think that that makes us valuable. That makes us whole or important in the world. Yeah, And, I had to really come to terms with that is not who I am. Kelly Tennant, the volleyball player, Kelly Tennant, the TV host. Like those are just things that I did and so grateful, but that's not who I am as a person or on a a cellular soul level. And you have to ask yourself questions around who am I? What makes me, me? How do I want to express myself? And I think the more we get in tune with who we are, the more confident we are in our, ourselves and our body and we feel safe in our body. I know that's something so many women struggle with. Mm-hmm. The less we need that validation, the less we need that person to fill up our cup because I know that I matter. Living on top of a mountain in the middle of Golden, Colorado, not being on TV, not having a bajillion people clapping for me, I know I matter more than ever right? I know my soul is important. I know that I have value in the world, whether I'm here or I'm doing something else, no matter what I am me and I choose me and I don't abandon me. And so I don't need everyone else to fill me up because I fill myself up. And then I give from that place and then compliments and all of the nice things. That's wonderful. And I'm open to receive them, but it doesn't define me or change who I am.
1: Yeah. Like you're, you are worthy because you are you, like, that's it. It's not because of the things you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so um, that's just something that a lot of women miss, you know, they have to do things in order to receive, in order to be worthy of receiving. And it's usually like this list of 15 things, like I'm doing this for this person and that, and this and that, and this and that. And then they finally like have something come their way and they're like, Oh, I don't think I deserve this or I'm not worthy of this. Or they get all like, you know, weird about compliments and stuff. And it's like, no, are you kidding me? Like you just, you do so much, you put so much out there and then you don't take it in. That's even part of giving, you know, giving like be is receiving.
0: Yes. I think that's part of, you know, I mentioned in your first couple of questions, questions, um, you know, goals and things like that. It's, it's interesting where I am because this is the conversation I'm having is mm-hmm. I think, and this is what I'm seeing as well with my clients and with people in our community of personal development, spirituality, sexuality, coaching, whatever Mm. is. I think that so many of us have placed our value and our worth into, look, I sold out this course and I wrote this book and I have a mastermind. I'm a a seven figure entrepreneur. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Literally no one cares. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's like, if one ask yourself the question, why are you doing this? Like I had to sit and ask myself the question, why am I doing this course? Why am I facilitating this circle? Why am I doing this monthly program? And if that is what makes you feel valuable, if that validation from people, because you know when we at selling out courses is what is driving you, mm. I would ask you to reevaluate what's happening. Because when we are of service from a place of needing validation and to show off, that is not a place of integrity. No. And it's so yucky. Like that energy is so
1: yucky. And a lot of people can really feel that.
0: Yeah. So Mm. it's, that's kind of where I am is I'm, I was tired and I had to ask myself, why are you doing this? When I show up and I'm not wanting to be present and it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel expansive, like, well, why am I doing this? So I literally canceled every offering I had. There's no way to work with me anymore. I have no monthly program, (laughs) no one-on-ones. I've never done a mastermind. I don't have one, like nothing. And that's probably like the quote unquote worst thing you can do. And I am so much happier because I'm in this place where I get to reevaluate how I get to be of service. I have a podcast. You can find me there. I have lots of great conversations. That's what feels good for me right now. And I get to decide what my stuff is moving forward and what feels good. And I think we're just not having enough of those conversations. And I think part of that is because we're in a multi-billion dollar industry of (laughs) help and spirituality. And you know, there's a lot of manipulation and there's a lot of bullshit. And I just don't, I just don't want to participate because I already participated in all the bullshit of the TV world and the sports world. And I saw it and I lived it and it made me sick. And I'm kind of like, I'm 33 now. I'm about to get married. I'm want to get pregnant soon. I don't have time for all this bullshit. It just yeah. doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. that so
1: resonates though with me because I mean, I, I had always been this like checkbox, right? Like this and this and this, and I'm doing all these things, and like because I was hustling for my worth, I didn't realize it. Um, and when I became a coach, um, before I became a coach, I was like holy spiritual awakening, <laughs> transformation, heal trauma, all of that. And in becoming a coach, I kind of still had, you know, I I launched a group, I you know have my one on ones, and then working on other certification and all this stuff, right? And I'm in the exact same place. I'm like, cool, a lot of this stuff is ending in, in the fall. And, I, and this is my time to really sit down and be like, what do I want to do next year? Because it feels like I painted myself into a corner a little bit this year. I feel a little like I overcommitted, not like I used to, <laughs> and not from a place of, of validation or hustling for my worth more. You know, it was definitely from a place of service, but it just was too much. So, what is enough? Where's my enough points? What would I be, you know, okay with? And then what also would offer the greatest amount of service at that? And I have no idea what the hell that looks like. Right. And like, I don't feel afraid of that before I would have been like terrified. If I don't refill everything by this date, like, what am I going to do? It's all going to end. And I think, I think you're so right when you say that this needs to be a conversation that's had, it needs to be normalized. You don't need to be selling out of everything every minute and as a coach, you are guiding people, you're leading people into you know a, a place of like hopefully it's in a much better, you know, state of being than where they're at. And so you have to be that too. You have to hold that for them and mirror that to them. I yeah, love and that I, you said that.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, the other thing that comes to mind is I did grind, I fucking Grinded so hard working in television, and I made it, and I made all the monies, yeah. and I was on all the TVs, and I was doing all the things, and then I fucking hated myself. Yeah, I was miserable, and I was tired, and I had severe chronic illness that caused me to be bedridden multiple times. What's the point? Mm-hmm. Like, why? and i i look at you know people I, I in this space that have books coming out and they're doing this launch and this tour and blah blah, blah. and i think it's amazing and i mm. want everyone to like live it up girl i am here for you i will buy your book i will show up at your event i will do it all and i am watching them suffer behind mm. the scenes and just crash and burn and i'm like What's the point then? Like truly, what is the point? You make a million dollars or you have a best-selling book and your relationship is falling apart and you never see your kids and you don't like yourself anymore. And you can't even wake up in the morning without needing four or five cups of coffee. I just don't, I can't justify that in my own life. And I I hate watching other people just grind themselves and torture themselves into the ground for something. Yeah, because you like it. (laughs) I'm like, but then what? because it's never enough. No, the, the targets are, of grind. Yeah. Targets always, like I remember I tell this story because it's so funny. Maybe some people don't know who this is. Maybe they do. I had a one-on-one sit down interview with Magic Johnson, like pinnacle of my career, greatest moment, quote unquote, of my TV yeah. life. Right? <laughs> Did the thing. It was so amazing. Such an honor. Next day I was like, okay, now what do I need to do? Mm. It I was like, dude, you fucking just sat down with Magic Johnson. Enjoy it. Old. You requested to sit down with you. Why can't this be enough? Because it's never enough. It doesn't matter. And that's where I've been in the last like six months here is when is enough enough? Like at what point you're just going to fucking enjoy sitting on the grass with your dogs at this great house that you love with your amazing fiance and just have fun. Why I do you have it. to go do the next
1: thing? I love it so much. Yeah, the targets always move. It's always going to move. It's it's always, especially if you're just a high achieving woman, like you're, it's always going to move. But if you can't sit in celebration and enjoyment and like, let that be enough for that moment, like you're never going to be happy. And you're always going to think the happiness is at the other side of like the next biggest thing. And it's not, (laughs) it never is.
0: I read this post the other day. It was like the five things that, you know, the five things that dying people share or whatever, like the things that they wish we knew. I don't know. But it was all about spending more time with family, not mm-hmm. worrying about the little things, traveling more, seeing the world, all this quality time and experience. No one said, Oh, I'm so sad that I didn't make that extra million dollars. Or I'm so upset that I didn't sell out my course <laughs> when I was 27 years old, or that I didn't have X amount of followers on Instagram. I'm like, No one cares when they're dying. They want people to love them. They want to know they were loved. They want to know they experienced life and they had fun. Yeah. How can we just do more of that to create freedom and space in our lives for play and joy and pleasure and let go of the rest? Yes.
1: Oh, I got like chills when you said that. I'm on my soapbox. I'm sorry. I love it. No, Please. (laughs) (laughs) Please. No, I love it though, because I'm, you know, I'm in an industry, my my other business is a boutique and I see boutique owners all the time, just burning themselves out and on to the next goal, the next goal, the next goal. I've seen women, you know, that are like reaching, you know, for this million dollar a year or whatever, um, goal and, and be asked, what are you going to do when you hit it? And they're like, not nothing. What? (laughs) No. And I did a whole episode on, on burnout, actually the glamorization of, of burnout because There was a woman that I know who is a, I'm using quotes, a leader and she runs a women's community and she had made this post that like made me want to throw my phone like through my window. And it was basically saying how, you know, basically that you need to basically burn out in order to be successful. And this is what it takes. And like, you're going to have to cut down on the spa days and, you know, you may miss your family and this, that, and the other thing, but if you want to be in the top, whatever percent with me, like, this is what you've got to do. And I was just like, first of all, it made me like rage when I read it. I'm like, I can't believe you're telling women that this is what they need to do. <laughs> and then I'm seeing the comments like, you're such an inspiration. And I'm like, no, no. And, and, and a lot of these women don't realize that when the more you focus on yourself, the more you give to yourself, sometimes like your business does better. the the less you try. And it's such a, so counterintuitive. It feels so counterintuitive to think that, but that happened for me. I just, I was like, you know what? I don't want to hustle myself into the ground anymore. It doesn't feel good. What would feel good? I started doing what felt good. It was way less. And all of a sudden my sales are exploding. And I'm like,
0: what?
1: Like, I don't even feel like I'm working that hard. This is crazy. I was like grinding for like a third of it or less. And suddenly, you know, it it all kind of started blowing up, but we missed that.
0: Don't you think hustle is sort of a, a reflection of levels of desperation? Mm. Yeah, I'm so desperate to have this Louis Vuitton bag, so I must work <laughs> harder.
1: harder. I'm
0: so desperate <laughs> to have this many followers or sell this thing out, so I must hustle. And like, I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm not saying don't get up at 6am and do the thing and like spend time on fucking zoom calls and go after clients. Like I'm in the middle of a quote unquote hustle period of my business where we're working with clients and we're getting new shows and we're, you know, doing our onboarding and we're changing this. And so it feels like, yes, I am working more, but I don't work until 10 or 11 every day. I start my days, workout, sauna, play with the dogs, outside with my cup of coffee, like really getting present and grounded. So it doesn't feel like I'm exhausted by 12 o'clock because I have created a life and a, a plan for my day to day that feels really nourishing. So though I am working hard and I am going after things and I am in action and it feels more in my masculine it actually feels super flowy and super open and really grounded and in in my body yeah. rather than I'm out of my body. I'm go, 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 go all day. I haven't eaten. It's 2 p.m. I'm exhausted and I'm starving, but I got to keep going. No, one,
1: no one's handing no. out medals for that shit.
0: Right. <laughs> no
1: one's like, oh, wow, you worked a 16 hour day and didn't eat and didn't take care of yourself or do any of the things for you. All right, girl. Yeah. Like, no, no one's
0: handing out medals for that shit. You're not like, don't be a martyr for for what? I love that you just said that. There's something I talked about a couple months ago and it was being a people pleaser is actually super manipulative. Mm -hmm. And I think that it goes with the whole like, but I work so hard and look at me you're manipulating people to see you a certain way and to respond to you a certain way. As a people pleaser, I started to notice that I was doing things for my fiance so that he would give me validation. Mm. That's fucking manipulative. (laughs) It just is. And though we're not conscious of it, we're not being like horrible people. That is what this exchange of energy is. I'm going to do this for you, but only because I want you to tell me how amazing and wonderful I am. Yeah. Okay, that's not okay. Same thing with I'm going to grind and I'm going to work hard and I'm not going to eat and I'm not going to sleep because I want you to tell me how amazing I am as a businesswoman and that's how hard worker. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah, but like if we got rid of that, can you show up in your business when no one's watching and no one's clapping for you? What would that look like? Would you take better care of yourself? Like, what kind of questions would you ask yourself? Would I do things for Connor without needing him to be like, "Thank you so much"? Mm. It is a much different experience when people aren't constantly patting you on the back, telling you how great you are for all of these different things that literally I just don't think matter. Yeah. There's a belief shift
1: that has to happen there for sure in order for that. You know, it's funny. I was just saying to my husband like yesterday, cause I'm like, gosh, I'm so bad at Instagram now. I'm so bad at social media. Like I do not show up. I was like, I think from August 1st until like August like 17th, I hadn't posted anything. I'm like, what, who am I? And I realized I was like, wow, the reason why I suck at social media now is because I no longer need the validation, mm. <laughs> which is like great for me on a personal level, but kind of sucks <laughs> like, from a, like a business perspective. Cause I'm like, man, I have to really be intentional about doing these things and checking those boxes because I just don't give a fuck anymore.
0: But I think you'll probably find more people because of that, because- again, back to desperation, Instagram, yeah. is a desperate place where everyone's begging you to buy their shit. Well, if you show <laughs> up and you don't need people to buy your shit, if you don't need their validation, they're going to want to be around you more because that's going to feel good. I think people are starting to sniff out all the bullshit mm-hmm. and they're like, this person is a try hard. This person is desperate. This person is super inauthentic. And all they're talking about is crap. So I want to be around people who are actually real. And I think that's where there's going to be such a shift because we can't keep following the bullshit. Like the lies Mm -hmm. are coming forward. I feel like that's what this whole last year and a half has been about. So I think the more people who are coming from where you are of like, I don't need this. This is not my identity (laughs) online. Like I'm not doing this anymore. It's actually going to be a much more genuine connection between people. That's what I think.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And like the authentic, authenticity versus like the fake authenticity, I feel like that people realize that that's what people want. And they want someone who's real. And then they're like, how can I be more real? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like It's like, you can't fabricate that. You have to just show up and be like, this is it. This is me. This is how it is. You can't be like, okay, I, let me put that in like a little gift wrap package for you. It doesn't work. Amen, girl. Yeah, people catch on. Oh my goodness. I adore you. You're awesome. Uh, I feel like we could talk for a hundred years. (laughs) So we like to kind of end things out on a quote. So if there's something, even if it's your quote or something you've been feeling lately, could you share something with us?
0: Oh gosh. You know, um, this is so silly and so simple. Um, I was cleaning out when we just moved into our new house like six weeks ago. So I was, you know, cleaning stuff out and I came across this note that my friend gave me when I was in college. He was one of the athletic directors and we got really close and I was going through a hard time. As well. I got sick and I couldn't play anymore. And he wrote me this note and it's on USC papers. So funny. So it was 14 years ago now. And it says in, in capital Sharpie writing, fuck them, do you? And I love it. And I had that with me for 14 years and I was having a weird day when I found it. And I was kind of going through this spiritual crisis of like, who am I? What are we doing? Kind of the manipulation we were talking about, like all the bullshit. And I picked this paper up and I was like, oh my God, that's it. Fuck them. Do you. No one else matters. Take care of yourself. Like be who you are, be expressed, show up whatever way feels good. If you don't want to work today, don't work today. If you want to work a lot tomorrow, work a lot tomorrow. Like no one gets say on who you are in your life and whatever feels good for you. And I, I put it up on the wall over here because I was like, I need that reminder because yeah. it's so easy to slip back in. And if we can stay truly in integrity with ourselves and say, fuck it all, fuck all the noise, the judgment, the haters, the bullshit, the old ways I used to be, my old patterns, all of it and just do me every day, we are all going to be so much happier and feel so much more fulfilled and taken care of. And then our relationships are better and it just trickles into our communities. And so that's, that's my guiding words. It's, fuck them. Do you. Oh yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Kelly, where can my listeners find you? Mm, I'm at Kelly M tenant on Instagram. My show is called the Kelly show. And then you can find me at kellytenant.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming Thank on today. This has know. been awesome. Thank you.
1: If this episode hit with you, please go out there and share it. Share it in your Instagram story. send it to a friend who might need it, or even just drop in my DMs on Instagram at Rose and let me know what you think. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening.